Nigeria. We bless you for her people. We thank you because you created Nigeria for a purpose. And the purpose for which you have created Nigeria will not be missing, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, oh God. We bless your holy name. That people will yet more rejoice in Nigeria. People will yet more praise you. People will yet more have hope, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Father, we bless you and we give you praise. And, and, and based on that, we extend it. We use Nigeria as a point of contact and extension to other parts of Africa this morning in the name of Jesus. We declare that your greatness will be revealed in every man, every woman, oh God, that is called by the name of God. Father, we bless you. We give you praise and we exalt you in the name of Jesus we have prayed. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, this morning, I uh, just uh, want to, uh, I don't know what to title it, but I just want to, I just want to uh, take off, I'm not pretending to know what, you know, the intentions of Pastor Shino from last Sunday, I don't, I'm not pretending to know what he said or where he's headed, but I just want this message to be an offshoot from, you know, of what he has, you know, what he preached last Sunday, all right? So, I don't know what to title it, just say anything you like. Yeah. So, but I want you to read. Please, can you give me Philemon's or Philemon? Some people call it Philemon, some people call it Philemon, some people call it, I don't know. Just give me Philemon verse 6, just one chapter in the book of Philemon. Philemon 6. Look at what Paul is saying. He said, I keep, no, I don't want the message translation. I'm so old, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that the sharing of your faith may become what? Effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing in you, in Christ Jesus. That the sharing of your faith will become what? More effective. By the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you, in Christ Jesus. How many of you know there are good things in you this morning? Amen. You know there are good things in you? Yeah, some people are not too sure if there are good things in them. Maybe some people fought their husbands yesterday. Or the wives cursed out their husbands. I mean, the husband cursed out the wives yesterday. So they are not too sure if the good things are still there. But the Bible says there are good things in you. There are good things in you. Come on, say there are good things in me. But look at what the Bible says. The intention of God is that those good things don't just remain there. They need to be shared. They need to be communicated. The good things that God has done for you, all the great things that are in your life, are not supposed to be for you alone. The heartbeat of God is people. All the reason why Jesus Christ came. All the reason why he gave us grace. All the reason why he redeemed us. The whole reason for which he left us after we have been redeemed. Is that he wants to reach people. 
No wonder he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, whosoever means everybody. It's a blank check. Just write your name there. Whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's the heartbeat of God. That is the intention of God. And listen to me, folks. The way to increase in the things of God is connected to this. The way to increase in the things of God is connected to this. Sharing your faith. We know from science, we know that whatever you, you don't use, whatever part of your body you don't use, becomes what is called atrophies. It becomes, there's an atrophy. In other words, it becomes stiff. Right? Let me give a These five fingers, uh, four, let me, let, me, let me make it four. These four fingers, they look, they look the same, right? Are they, do they look the same? No, okay. Uh, no, let, not equal as in size or something. But okay, let me say it this way. My four fingers, do they look normal? They look normal, right? Very normal. A lot of us Christians look normal. But there are certain things that are not functioning in our lives. Because I'm showing you these four fingers, but one of them is not functioning. It looks normal. It looks all right. But this one is not functioning. I can't feel. I can't use this one. My index finger, the left index finger. I can't use it. Is it four index? It's four. Okay, thank you. That's why I have my wife here today. <laughs> my forefinger, I can't use this. And sometimes that is what we look like as Christians. Everything looks normal. Everything looks okay. But because this finger has been affected by something, it cannot access my nerves. And because there's no contact between my nerves and the veins that are in this finger, guess what? It's not, being, it's not functional. I can't feel it. You knock me there, it's not going to, I don't have any feeling in it. The Bible says that you are sh the sharing of your faith. My finger, my forefinger, right? My forefinger is ineffective. Because it cannot access some things that it's supposed to access. That the communication or the sharing of your faith will become effective by acknowledging or accessing the good things. The good things. I said the good things. I said the good things that are in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How are we supposed to share our faith? By what? What has God given us for us to be able to share our faith? For our faith to become more 
effective. Because the thing is, if you have it and nobody is feeling it, then to a large extent, it's not useful. No wonder God says, you know, uh, sometimes uh, our faith is, 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 is rendered useless and ineffective. That the communication of your faith will become more effective by the acknowledgement of all the good things which are in you, in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you one question. If, you, if, if I say the word kingdom, what comes to your mind? King, thank you. What else? Kingdom, what else? Huh? Dominion, dominion, thank you. What else? Huh? System. Power, right? Authority, right? Greatness, right? But you know, when it comes to the kingdom of God, while all these things are present and valuable and there are things to be desired, but in and of themselves, they are not complete. If you do not add service to it. Power does not have enough efficacy if power is just power by itself. The intention of God is not just to endure you with power. The intention of God is not just to endure you with authority and power and dominion and then stops at that. The intention of God is that power, that authority, that dominion is served. You serve that power. You serve it to other people. That's the heartbeat of God. Look at what Jesus told his disciples when they came in, uh, in, 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 in the book of Luke. Jesus sent them out to go and minister and they went all over the place. And as a minister... All kinds of things were happening. Great things were happening. Miracles were happening. All kinds of things were going on. And they came back. And they were so excited. The Bible tells us they were so excited about what was going on. And they said, Jesus, even the spirits were subject to us by your name. And Jesus was so excited for them. But along the line, I'm going to read it now. Along the line, he said something. Let me, let, let me read it so you see what I'm saying. I think it's better to read it. Let's go to uh, Luke 10. Luke, Luke 10. Luke 10. Can you give me Luke 10? Luke 10. Luke chapter 10. Look, uh, start from verse 15. 15. Okay, 16, please, 16. Seventeen. All right, all right, this is what I was saying. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Go ahead, the next one. And he said to them, 
I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, all right? Behold, I give you the authority to tremble on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Go ahead. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. What is the this? That the spirits are subject to you. Rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Go ahead, next one. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. In other words, what was Jesus telling them? In their mind, all that was in their mind, all that they were, all that, uh, 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 all they were excited about was not because people were being saved. They were not excited because lives were being transformed. They were not interested. Their joy was not in that, you know, uh, souls were changed. Their interest, their joy, their excitement was that we have this power. And we saw demons bow down before us because of you. And what Jesus was trying to tell them is this. If that is all the power, all the power I have given to you, everything, every good thing that I've given to you, if all that it takes, if all that it entails is just for power by itself and it's not touching people, you are not changing lives, the powers are not changing lives, it's not transforming people, people are not coming to the kingdom, then it's not something to be rejoiced about. Because at the end of the day, like they say, power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. When power is not tamed with service, it becomes corrupted. When power, authority, dominion, and strength is not tamed by service, if it's not tamed by service, it becomes corrupted. Are we still together? And look at what Jesus said. You see, the, the thing about the disciples of Jesus when we were following him, they have the same idea we have about kingdoms, about the kingdom. But God was trying to teach them something different about his kingdom, how his kingdom works, how, how things are different, how things work differently. Things in the kingdom of God don't work the way they work. Uh, I and they've always had that idea from the beginning of time. You remember when God wanted to uh, rule them, God wanted to be their king. They said, no, we want to be like other nations where they will rule us. All right? Even at this time, when Jesus was around, they have seen the oppression of the Romans. The Romans were oppressing them and doing all of that and, and, and taking their taxes and their money and just dealing with them anyway. And all, in, all that was there in their mind was that they need another king who will bring about another kingdom and all that the kingdom was going to do for them is just set them free from the, uh, 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 from, from, from the stronghold of the Roman Empire but Jesus told them my kingdom is not of this world because as much as you hate the Romans I love the Romans too as much as you hate the Romans I want the Romans to be saved. 
I want Pharaoh in my kingdom. I want uh, whatever his name, Titus, to be changed and be transformed. And that's why my kingdom is not of this world. It is not the way you are thinking. So they asked him when he was living again. And he has told them this. And they still will not accept. They still will not believe what he has said. And when he was about to leave, they said, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Acts 1.8. Can you give me one? So Acts, Acts 1.8. Let's start from verse 7. They asked him, they said, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Look at what he said. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons which your father has put in his authority. Go ahead, verse 8. But you shall receive power. Listen to that. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Go ahead. Now, when he had spoken this, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him from their sight. So the very last thing that Jesus said was that they will receive power. But receiving power was not just for power's sake. Receiving power was for service. Receiving power was that they should be able to use that power to transform people's lives, to change people's lives. All right? And Jesus Christ did not stop because this, this, this thing is loaded. This, 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 this word that just said, that you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses of me. In what? In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What is Jerusalem? Jerusalem are people that look like you. Jesus wants people that look like you to come into the kingdom. People you have affinity with. People you have the same religion with. You are in the same church with. You are friends. You go to school with them. Everything about you and them sync together. They are what? Your Jerusalem. You will be witness or you will serve me in Jerusalem. In Judea. They are not particularly close to you. You don't particularly have that proximity with them. However, you share certain things in common. You share culture. Because Judea, Jerusalem is actually in Judea, all right? In Judea, you know, you have the same culture. You have the same religion. You have the same, uh, uh, you, you have the same God, the same belief and all of that. And he went a step ahead. In Samaria, you know the Jews, they hated the Samarians. Because they feel the Samaritans were low-class people. Jesus wants even the people that are low-class to you, that you think are low-class to you. People who are not like you. People who are not up to you. Their social status are below you. Their educational background and their professional standing is nothing to be compared to you. Jesus said he wants you to serve them. He wants you to serve, to serve and draw them into the kingdom. And bring them into the kingdom. And to the ends of the earth, people who have nothing in common with you. I remember I was talking to a friend. You know, he's a pastor. I was talking to a friend. And he's a Trump guy. He loves Trump. I'm, not, I'm neither or here nor there. I'm not, I don't like Trump. I don't hate him. I don't, you know. <laughs> but my friend, you know, he is, I mean, he is into Trump. He thinks that God created Trump for a time as this. Amen. I agree with you. I agree with you. And he was so excited 
because of the travel ban, you know, travel ban, Muslim ban, and all those kind of things. And he was so excited about the travel ban. He didn't want people to come in. He said, look, America is becoming, uh, America is, the Muslims are taking over. The whatever. He kept on talking and talking and talking. And if you don't stop these Muslims, if you don't stop these Muslims, we need to fight them fire for fire. We need to finish them. We need to, if you don't stop these Muslims, they are going to take over all the country. And he kept on and talking and talking. And I just asked him one question. Do you believe that God wants the Muslims to be saved? Do you believe that God loves the Muslims? Do you think God wants them to be saved? Then you need to change your language. You need to change your tongue. Because God wants everybody. For God so loved the Muslims. Everybody. I'm telling you, you see, if there are many of us here who love Jesus. But if we had been alive when Jesus was around, we would have been one of those who would have stoned him. Some of us will have stoned him. Can you imagine Jesus catching somebody? They caught the woman in the act of adultery. And you will have thought that the king of kings, the holy one of Israel, would have condemned her. But Jesus was not interested in her actions. Jesus was more interested in her soul. Her soul. That's what Jesus Christ was more interested in. He was more interested in her getting saved. He was more interested in her being a child of God, being a child of the kingdom. He was much more interested in that. That was the heart of God. And that heart of God has not changed even today. The heart of God is that all men, all men, all men, all men will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's why you are here. That's why God did not take you to heaven immediately. You got born again. Because you are the eyes and hands and the feet of God here on earth. To represent him here and to advance his kingdom. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. The heart of God is people. The heart of God is people. Forget about the sins. In, in, uh, can you give me Philippians 2? Philippians 2. Let's go to Philippians 2 from, from verse 5. Yeah, from verse 5. And I'll show you something and I'm rounding up now. I'm trying to round up. Let this mind be in you which was in Christ also. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal to, with God. All right? But made himself of no reputation. Take the form of bond servant... And coming in the likeness of men, or, go ahead, and being found in appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Go ahead. Therefore, God has what? Highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. Let this mind be in you. What is the mind of God? Jesus said, I'm going to take off my godliness, put on humanity so that I can reach humanity 
in other words, he was not viewing the class, the proximity, whatever it is. In terms of spiritual, the spirituality, we were dead. But Jesus was alive. But that did not stop him from becoming man so that he can redeem us unto himself. And because he did that, the Bible says, let this mind also that was in Christ just be in you. What mind is it? To serve and to make sure that you reach people for God. We reach everybody for God. Nobody is too low to be saved by God. Nobody is too high to be saved by God. For all men were created by God. And God's heart is about people. God still wants his kingdom to be populated. God still wants his kingdom to be populated. And the people that are going to do it is you and I. You and I. We're going to be doing it. We have that job. We have that work to do. All right. When you read that verse, Philippians, there are certain observations I've made there. When it comes to the things of when you say, let this mind be in you, I'm closing up now. There are certain things, certain observations I made there, certain observations I, I, I've seen there. Let this mind be in you, mean being kingdom minded. Be kingdom minded. And what is kingdom minded? Looking for how people will come into the kingdom. Let this mind be in you. The first thing, when a, for a kingdom-minded person, the first thing is that in God's mind, which should be your mind also, people are over profit. People are what? Over profit. I'm going to make an example with my wife. My wife has a, has a, uh, she, she has a nature of a gambler. And I, and I tell her she will do well. I tell her every time, you are going to do well in Las Vegas. Just, just, just take me there one day. Take me there one day. <laughs> and I'll just hang to your coat. She loves all these jobs that are, you know, commission-based. You know, those are the kind of jobs that she loves. You know, where the main income will be commissioned. Those are the kind of jobs that she loves. Yeah, a lot of people hate it. Even me, I don't like it. But she loves it. All right? Now, but what I want to say is this. Majority of our income, or the bulk of our income, is performance-based. If you, if you do this, you get this in. The more you do, or the more you're able to close a deal, the better your outcome, your, your income looks. All right? But... <laughs> But we came to an agreement, and she will tell you. She, she will tell you. She came to an agreement. She came to a point where she realized it does not matter what my income is. Serving people is more important than what I'm going to make. Amen. And I cannot tell you how many people have come to the, to the kingdom just because of that policy. I cannot tell you how many people will call at night just because of that. And they are just customers. They are just her clients. They call her at night at all times. Why? And it's not just uh, because, you know, uh, uh, they want to know what's going on with their money. It's because they have issues. And they know that she cares about them. Amen. Amen. That's good. 
Her intention is not what she will make from them. And I know many cases or many instances where she would have closed a deal, made some money, but she would tell them, no, look, if you have a better deal somewhere, you can go. I've never seen a salesperson doing that. They will, I mean, they will. They, they, they will hold you and squeeze everything they can squeeze and lie to you just to be able to close the deal. But I cannot tell you how many people has been led to Christ. I cannot tell you how many people have depended on her. I cannot tell you how many people, when they need counsel, the first person they will call is her. Why? Because she has elevated people over prophets. The mind of Christ. That mind of Christ. But at the same time, I want to inform you also that God has never ceased to meet her needs. God has never ceased. God has never ceased to meet every of her needs. There are times that, you know, she has no part or portion in that. Somebody will just call her. You can, can you do this deal? Yes, I can do the deal. No struggle, nothing. And the deal is closed. I'm telling you this because God values people more than profit. Amen. However, you will not lose a profit when you value people. Listen, God values people over profit, but you don't lose a profit when you value people. You don't lose the value, you don't lose the profit. You do not, because God will not forget the labor of your love. Amen. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. My wife is not the only one that will just eat up the glory. Let me, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's this guy also that I worked with for some time, you know, working with him. And this guy had issues and all kinds of, you know, all kinds of problems and all of that. And at the time I met this guy, he had never been to a church before. He was 37 years old, never been to a church. Had never stepped a foot into the church. Never. The guy's Caucasian, American. And this guy is so rich, he's wealthy. He works in one of those places at Silicon Valley, one of those startup, you know, corporate. You know, you know the guy I'm talking about? One of those starting this thing. He knows, I mean... He was working there. And before the guy even came and we started our conversation and all of that, the guy, the guy felt I was too low for him. You know, uh, I didn't go to the kind of schools he went to. I, I had, um, uh, my accent was too thick for him. And all kinds of things were going on. She knows the guy I'm talking about. She knows. She knows the guy I'm talking about. But I'm talking about this guy. This guy is loaded financially. But I had to work with him. Somebody recommended him, me to him, and he came. And he was disappointed when he saw me. <laughs> and some way, somehow, the guy ended up saying, okay, I'll give you a try. I'll just give you a try. I'll just, you know, we'll just, we'll just try and see. I'll just close my nose. I'll just, you know, we'll just see what will happen. And then we started. We started talking. We started talking. 
And the guy asked me, and God gave me one wisdom. The guy asked me, he said, these services you are rendering now, how much will it cost? And I told him, your being all right is more important to me than whatever I'm going to get. Your being okay is more important to me than whatever it is I'm going to get. I didn't know the guy. I didn't know. Nothing happened. Anyway, we finished our sessions. We finished the process. We finished everything, and the guy left. Did not know. I didn't have a clue that I had impacted the guy's life in such a way that he will never forget. This guy has never been to a church. So I was invited to a church at one time to come and attend the service. So I went. It was a weekday, so I went to the service. Do you know who I saw in the service? This guy. His hand was up like this. He was praising God and worshiping God and thanking God. And he was even dancing. I mean, the Caucasian guy dancing. He was dancing, praising God, doing all of that. And, you know, I did a double take. I was trying to wipe my, what happened? Where, where did this happen? What went on here? Did, did anything go wrong? What, am I seeing the right person? As things progressed, I went out to go and use the bathroom. One elderly lady came and she double-crossed me. And she said, some, I saw you going out. I thought you were leaving. And somebody told me about you. And I just want to tell you, sir, you don't know what you have done to our family. And I'm like, well, I never met the woman before. She said, I am the guy's name, my friend's name. I hope I'm at liberty to say it now. My, the guy's name now is Lance. He said, I'm Lance's mom. I said, really? Wow, that is so good. She said, you, what you did for I don't know what you did to him. I don't know whatever transpired between the two of you. But something happened and Lance is not the same man anymore. Lance is not the same anymore. And apart from that, that is not only, it's not only Lance that has been saved. The whole of our family is saved. I am saved. I stopped going to church when my father came back from Vietnam. And my father committed suicide. And the church said they cannot bury him because he committed suicide. And so I decided I was not going to cut every, I was going to severe every relationship with the church. And I trained my children not to have anything to do with God. But something happened. Something happened. Something happened to Lance. I don't know what you did, but something happened. It started from you. Something happened. And what did I do? I just counseled Lance. And I told him I didn't need his money. And so the December of that year, Lance wrote me a letter. Lance wrote me an email, wrote my wife an email, my wife and I, and he said, Will she come to his house for uh, um, for for Christmas party? Something like that. And I didn't want to go, you know, because I'm thinking, you know, his friends, this was a guy that was closing his nose, you know, to deal with me. I don't know what kind of friends I'm gonna meet there. And and the part of town he was living, you know, it's not the kind of place, you know. Uh, people like me can be found. 
if you know what I mean. And I didn't want to go there, but my wife forced me. She kept on pushing. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. So we went there. Yeah, my wife is a salesperson. She pushed me. I'm just kidding. So we got there. When we got there, when we got there, I saw something that I will never, that was the, that was the greatest moment of my life. Lance was completely transformed. His life was completely changed. Lance has become a preacher. He prayed one kind of prayer. I will never forget that kind of prayer that the guy prayed that day. This is an avowed atheist. But just because his life was much more valued than profit, God touched him. God changed him. God transformed his life. Something happened to him because he found somebody who was much more interested in him than the profit they were going to make. And Lance now told me, he said, do you know what? He attends uh, Pastor Yusuf's church at that time, very short time, Church of the Apostles. He had become one of the uh, leaders there. In a very short while. And above all, he had registered for Bible school. He was a student at a Bible school. And the way he was talking about his testimony and sharing and crying, everywhere there was just charged because of his testimony. Why? Because somebody valued his life more than profit. Somebody valued his life. More than profit. Hallelujah. Folks, I'm just telling you, let this mind be in you. God will take care of you. God will take care of you. Amen. My second observation that I'll make quickly before I, uh, I, I, I just did, you know, is people, and I'm closing now. I have more, but we'll close here. People are much more valuable than prestige. Because there's so many times the reason why we cannot reach people, why we cannot touch people, is that you know, our prestige is at stake. Our prestige is at stake. I wish time would permit me also to give you another testimony. Because some of these things, we need to be able to uh, 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 see how they work practically in the way these things happen. And please, I'm not trying to glorify myself here. I'm not trying to glorify. I'm just trying to explain something to you. I'm just using my own life to explain something to you. All right. Very shortly, I remember, you know, in those days, when we were in college, when we were in, when we were in school, they, they, you know, we used to go to the villages around, the surrounding villages to go and talk to those people. And those people, you know, sometimes you look at them and you're wondering, can these people ever be born again? Their lifestyle, everything about them is just completely different from yours. You're just completely, two completely, totally different people. The kind of water they drink, the kind of, you know, remember we're all in third world countries. But our own situation, our own third world is one million times better than their own third world. I will go there and go and minister to them. And I will never forget, you know, the, 
they, 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 when we want to go for this kind of things, they give us all these, you know, mission tips and all of that. And they say, you know, when you go there, you meet different people. What you need to do is don't reject whatever they offer you because that's kind of, you know, you're kind of agreeing with them. And the kind of food they give to us, I had to close my nose to be able to eat it so that I won't breathe. That was how bad it was. But here is it. One guy there got born again. One guy there got born again. And we did not know. When the guy got born again, guess what? And this place I'm telling you was a complete Muslim. I'm talking about northern Nigeria. It was a complete Muslim area around that area. And the guy got born again. And the guy was a prince of all those villages there. When the guy got born again, his father died not too long from then. And he became the king of those 14 villages. And when he became the king, everything there changed. Because there were some students who did not consider prestige. They went there, they did all the work. They did everything they were supposed to do. Just because they cared for the souls of these villagers who were nothing. But I tell you, that place is still thriving. The man's palace became a church. And things were happening there. I'm telling you, do not underestimate what God can do with you. Don't underestimate what God can do with you. Do not underestimate what God can do with you. Give yourself to him. Determine to serve him. Love souls. And when you love souls, there are incredible, incredible things that God will do through you. And his kingdom. There are so many incredible things. So many incredible things that God can do through you. If you just open up yourself. And serve him. And serve the people. And love people over profit. Love people over prestige. We'll continue on Wednesday. God bless you.